I'm Marae Doyle and welcome to Crack On, a podcast exploring times in life where we just had to get on with it. Each week I will be chatting to special guests from around the globe and hearing how they overcame a bad time and turned it into a good time. In other words, finding the crack in cracking on. I'm very excited to announce this week's guest is none other than Jack Gleason. You may know him from Batman or his legendary puppet shows with theatre company Collapsing Horse, but he began his rise to fame as the evil King Joffrey in a little show named Game of Thrones. Jack took a step back from acting and made his return to stage and screen in 2020, starring in Sarah Pascoe's BBC comedy Out of Her Mind and the stage adaptation of To Be a Machine by Mark O'Connell. We talk about how his long-awaited return to acting was abruptly brought to a halt and how he has overcome issues with anxiety and fame. I had so much fun chatting to Jack and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Jack Leeson, welcome to the podcast. My first guest. Thank you. I'm so excited. Listen, well, I mean, there are a lot of provisos, you know, you, uh, you paid the money on time mm-hmm. and uh, you sent me all the things that I asked you to send me. Uh, so I appreciate all that. Yeah, you're so welcome. Because it wasn't wanted... easy. I didn't, make, I didn't make it easy for you. Guys. Do you want to just list three of the things that I sent you? Um, baby tiger, adult tiger, teenage tiger. <laughs> Yeah, I pulled some strings, but I did it. Um, Okay, let's get straight into it, because um, as you know, the concept of the podcast is crack on, which is kind of my favorite motto in life. Um, You know, when life uh, throws us hardships or uh, we have to overcome roadblocks or hurdles, we find a way of moving forward, but also whilst having the crack. And in mm-hmm. um, in preparation for today, I uh, asked you th- to think about a couple of examples of times in your life where you feel like you had to crack on. So is there a moment that you're you're happy to share with us that you felt like you had to overcome that was not necessarily the easiest? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Come on, um, let's do it. It was... Let's let's get straight into it. Well, apart from apart from just before we we started recording the podcast, where my headphones didn't work and I spilled uh, water everywhere, and my laptop didn't work, mm-hmm. um, that was a pretty difficult time. And you know, you, I just laughed about it, and I just I just you know, um, inspiring. A more amazing. serious example. Yeah, exactly. A more serious example would probably be when. I was, um, yeah, I guess it was third year of university of a four-year degree. And, and yeah, I just started suffering from anxiety really badly. And I couldn't concentrate and I couldn't read. I couldn't study. My brain was just kind of going a million miles an hour. And I had to, I think I deferred exams like, you know, the record number of times. I think I deferred like four or five times. Um, cause I deferred, you know, for three months and then I couldn't do them. And then I defer again for another three months and I couldn't do them. Um, so that was pretty difficult. So I had to like, I guess, effectively drop out of college for a year. And, um, that I, I, I guess I, I kind of used that moment a to kind of, uh, you know, get, get, get to know Jack, get to know, 
you know, um, myself in a way to try and overcome the anxiety itself. Cause I guess, uh, it was just a new feeling for me. So I, I wanted to kind of investigate why that was and maybe certain thoughts or feelings about myself that I was like, you know, that they were, that were laying dormant, um, to investigate them. But then also to kind of use the year off to kind of like say, say yes to things and use it as like a free year. I didn't do everything that I, I set out to try and do in that year, but, um, because I, I just wasn't in college and all my friends were in college and, and kind of progressing with their life. And I was, I was not, I thought I'd at least try and yeah, see it as a gap year of sorts and, yeah. uh, do exciting things. I mean, I probably just watched a lot of TV and, uh, and, and went to <laughs> yeah, but that's also, I mean, you have to use that time, you know? So what were some of the things yeah, that you exactly. said yes to that you wouldn't have necessarily had the time because I do think although that is such a hard thing to go through and especially when that's you know something like anxiety hits you like a ton of bricks it's Mm. sometimes I think the right thing isn't to just keep going it's actually to like take a step Mm. back and it's interesting that you you know kept deferring the exams like what was it that um Mm. yeah like so so tell me that time off how how were you able to use it and the things you said yes to and and then things you also weren't weren't able to do you're still you know you're still Mm. anxious it's not like it's gone away just because you're not in college anymore so yeah yeah um I think like one thing that that stands out is uh um working with um the irish charity goal uh in in their project in haiti um they've they've been through some difficult times recently goal but at the time back in 2013 something like that uh 2012 they um yeah, they, they emailed me out of the blue and said, would you like to come to New York initially to take part in like a big fundraiser event they had for uh, wealthy Irish Americans? And yeah, aside, aside from aside from wanting to go to New York, I thought that this this was something uh, that I would usually maybe not consider because at, at around that time, I was more interested in in. Uh, cracking on with Mm. my kind of normal student everyday uh existence and not so much pursuing the kind of um yeah public image public figure celebrity uh uh um, thing Mm -hmm. so uh that was definitely something that i said yes to and it and it and it turned out to to be really really great and uh the fundraiser went really well and they got loads of money from it and all because you went all because i went i mean i don't know it was an open bar so maybe people just got a bit drunk and then started like pledging things to impress other people i'm not sure (laughs) um but yeah as as part of that trip i i I went to haiti with with some of the goal workers and and saw the projects that they were that they were doing there and i mean i guess i guess you can you can bring up now in hindsight the sort of white savior attitude that I went to it with. But I, I, I just thought that, listen, I'm this young guy who has this, 
um, relative fame. I'm on this TV show. I have this year off. This honest charity has uh, asked me to to help them out, and and yeah, that was just something I would have usually said no to, but I, I said yes to. Uh, in that moment. And... No, I think that's so positive. That's a great thing to say yes to. And mm. do you think that the kind of, um, when fame came along, do you think it was around the same time that anxiety crept into your life or do you think they're completely separate? I think, I think they are separate. Like they might've happened at the same time. Um, but that was only because it was just a kind of a coincidence that I was starting, say, filming for Game of Thrones as I was starting university, um, and I think that's it's it's just it's that's just a, a period in in people's lives where you're kind of growing up and you're um, you're taking responsibility for things, and 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 that just seems to be a point between the ages of seventeen to to your early twenties. That seems to be a point where anxiety usually rears its head. No, no matter what your circumstances are. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's probably so, a little, a little bit harder when there's people watching. I would imagine. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I was lucky because I was able, I was able to to live a relatively normal life in Trinity, just, just being a regular dude. Um, I'm a regular guy. I'm just I'm like just you. Just I'm just like you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So would you so, just go and film Game of Thrones and then just go back to your lectures in Trinity? Like, yeah, yeah. That's kind of amazing. Um, you were able to juggle the two. Like, was it over summer that Game of Thrones was filmed, or mainly over mainly over the summer? Yeah, I mean, I think because my degree was just uh, like philosophy and theology and world religions, I didn't usually have a lot of hours of just, lectures. Just the philosophy. And world religions. What is it? Philosophy. Theology and world religions. Yeah. 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 Just that. Um, well, I say just that because it wasn't like a medicine degree or a biochemical degree or even an English degree where I was definitely out. All my friends had the had had, had the fewest number of uh, hours, contact hours uh, a week. So it never actually intruded upon my studies, but I would sometimes use it as an excuse if I was late for for an essay because I was, you know, hungover or whatever. Um, some of my lectures would be like, oh, no, that's, that's fine. You know, you're so busy with Game of Thrones. And I was like, I haven't filmed in weeks, you know, but I pretend. They're like, I, just I, get I, me a signed box yeah. set. Yeah. Thank fine. you for understanding. <laughs> um, so it never actually impacted, not that I remember, it never impacted on my, like, ability to complete coursework. Um, so That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Do you feel like when game of thrones finished did you ha was that something you had to like get over or was that was that the crack in cracking on like that was a yeah good i think um it's a good question i think i was i think i was happy or not happy but i mean i i think i knew i knew from day one that I was going to like leave the show after three or four years. So I, it wasn't, it didn't come, come as a shock. So maybe I was able to like psychologically prepare myself that, okay, this job will only be for three or four years. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, did you know that because it was written before mm -hmm. you had even, okay. Okay. But yeah. I, okay. 
I like Googled, yeah. Googled. <laughs> My character is Yeah, you're like, how long will I get paid for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um and they could I guess they could have changed the script, but um yeah, so it it yeah, it, it felt normal and it felt uh like yeah, right at the time. And yeah, I suppose at that point I was like really excited about um this uh, little theater company. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it, uh, Marait, um, called Collapsing Horse Theater Company. I that, think I'm uh, your biggest fan. Like, I, <laughs> I, I might have kept you guys in business for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, we're eternally in your debt. Um, for those who are listening and don't know, um, it's, you know, a group of college pals who are also my pals. And... <laughs> But it's like Collapsing Horse have the best shows. And I would just love if you guys could do Bears in Space one more time for the people who didn't get to see it because mm. it's still to this day like my favorite show. I'm not joking. I'm obsessed with it. It is just without fail the funniest thing like all the time. Aaron will have to rebuild the set all, all over again from scratch. but I guess. That's fine. All it takes is me just telling him to do that. <laughs> He'll do it. <laughs> um well yeah i'd be up for it but i i think yeah with game of thrones ending i i i had all the my kind of creative uh satisfaction um being funneled into into the theater company so it, it wasn't too shocking or upsetting and yeah i i saw i could see it was coming yeah okay that that makes sense um are you upset that sophie turner married a jonas and you didn't get to also Maria Jonas or are you okay? I'm thrilled I'm thrilled for her because I, I, I got to meet uh Mr. Joe at uh, the yeah the season eight premiere in New York and he's just like the loveliest man ever. I um yeah I got on with him so well. He's very, very lovely. So I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for them. I'm very happy. I'm very That's happy. amazing. Okay, me. so to <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled for her too. And I'm obsessed with her on Instagram, so it's great. Like we all, we all get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to keep it moving and ask you about a second time in your life, if if you have one, um, hmm. where you felt like you had to, you know, overcome. I mean, that's <laughs> as you can probably tell. I I haven't really faced much adversity in my life. It's been a pretty smooth old ride. <laughs> <laughs> for old Jackie boy um, maybe if you interview me in 10 years I'll have like I don't know become addicted to drugs and uh, I've lost all my teeth and then I can talk to you about uh, adversity not that even that's yeah <laughs> I don't know why losing my teeth well after um, today you can like start that process and then okay thank you we'll thank have you a better so. interview well, that was years. also one of the things that you sent me you sent me the tigers and then you sent me a bag of drugs and that is it. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I mean, yeah, as I say, I've been very, 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 very lucky to not really uh, have, have uh, met much adversity in my life. But like everybody in varying, varying degrees, I suppose this moment in life, uh, i.e. Um, the pandemic, um has yeah has has thrown up challenges now like in terms of the challenges it's thrown me as i say it's it's it they 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 
they pale in comparison to the challenges that they might have thrown, the pandemic might have thrown other people. But still, um, yeah, just like not not being able to work it's kind of difficult as a performer, as an actor, um, not just, you know, obviously for remuneration, but just for like a sense of purpose. Um, mm-hmm. that's maybe like something, something to wake up for is like, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something I've, I've struggled with just mm-hmm. having a sense of purpose. Um, and how have I? <laughs> well, it's joy. okay. Like you don't always have to find. Like there's not yeah. always situations that have crack. You know, <laughs> like sometimes yeah. it's I just mean, a shitty think, situation. Yeah, like I think I am. I'm. I'm relatively like used to being a bit like aimless because that's. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like generally quite lazy, and I and I like kind of hanging out and that you know if yeah if I can and uh so I maybe I'm 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 like already quite good at filling filling my kind of aimless days um with you're with making things. yourself sound like you just like walk the streets of London <laughs> doing I mean, that, that's not bad I mean yeah walking is good I do yeah my lovely my lovely girlfriend Roisin um she she finds walking really therapeutic and I, I find nature really therapeutic but i don't know if i find walking really therapeutic i like being in nature but maybe like driving to nature <laughs> cycling to nature and then like being in nature i don't the walking process um f- seems a bit tedious but yeah like doing lots of walks and cycles and baking and all the rest of the things that people have been doing to to try and stay sane but I think um I think it's just about being being patient and um you know allowing yourself be frustrated whilst allowing yourself have uh gratitude for for what you have and I I certainly yeah I have a lot I have a lot to be grateful for and I don't really have a lot to to complain about so that that yeah. can sound a bit like 1998 you know peace and love you know every, you know i love it <laughs> <laughs> but um i am i am very lucky and um that yeah that kind of makes me that makes me feel happy and that makes me meet every day with joy and um yeah i love that i think that's so true as well because even if like you were saying you've had like a really good life and you feel really lucky I feel like no one came out of 2020 like unscathed (laughs) like we were Mm. all affected in some way which is I suppose somewhat of like a really really small positive in like a completely awful year that like at least we were all going through it together and it wasn't like a thing (laughs) I think the worst part of going through anything Mm. awful is feeling like you're the only one that's going through it you know like yeah I feel like when you're like grieving in life or when things aren't going your way people always tell you like you're not alone (laughs) that's just what you need to like remember so I feel like that's a good example because 2020 was like pretty awful for for all of us but I'm I'm so glad you find the joy in every day like that's the best (laughs) thing ever I I try to but then you kind of have the Irish thing of like 
if you if you kind of complain that you feel a bit feckless or like bored then my my super ego tells me it's like i sure everyone's feeling that and like everyone you know people are in a worse state of mind <laughs> so uh it goes both ways but yeah. i definitely think um i definitely think yeah collectivism and feeling feeling um feeling together with people can alleviate a lot of a lot of life stresses who do you think has um who do you think has come out of 2020 well, Doyler? Right. In terms of like, like just like who's had a good 2020? You know, I feel like who, um, I don't know, um, like politicians. Like, aren't they the only ones still getting paid? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, who has come out of 2020? Paul, Paul Mescal. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think about that and like I've heard him in interviews and he does seem like he's so happy to do all these like amazing like James Corden and Graham Norton like from his couch, which like is just mm. so like there's just not even like a downside of that. You know, like in my head, I'd be like, but I don't get to like fly to L.A. <laughs> oh, and meet yeah. all these people after I've done this big TV show. But he's like, oh, yeah, it's just great. Like I get to do it from my couch. So even you, even you would feel hard done by being interviewed by uh by James Corden, even if it was on your couch? I'd want to be put up in a nice hotel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to be interviewed, I might as well. Maybe maybe because Paul said yes to the at-home interview, he'll be invited back and given a big suite in in some fancy hotel. Yeah, he probably... I mean, I don't think this is like the end of Paul Maskell. Like, you know, I think it's very much the beginning, so he's going to be fine. Um, so basically what I'm saying is I don't feel bad for him in any way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't really think, like, is there... I mean, I'm going to be honest, like, as awful as 2020 was, like, I feel like it was an, a nice year. What are, like, the daily things other than walks? Like, did you get into any TV shows that helped you kind of... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I have a platform that I can talk about this show. It has just been taken off Netflix. It was originally produced in Spain. I don't know what production company. When you said Netflix... it's been taken off Netflix, I was like, oh, Gossip Girl. But now yeah. I think you're not going to say that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, I've never seen Gossip Girl, but... Uh, no, I want to hear the TV show. Okay, so it was... Called... Well, my Spanish is terrible. Is it called Grand Hotel or El Gran Hotel? Grand Hotel, basically. Big hotel. And it's a Spanish program kind of like a telenovela version of Upstairs, Downstairs or Downton Abbey. So it's about, or like I know the Mexican version is called like Hotel of Secrets. So it's like a spicy soup. There's loads of drama going on and all set in this um, turn of the century, like 1910, real fancy hotel on, yeah, some beautiful coastal uh, bit of Spain. And let's just say that uh, Julio Julio is onto something. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay, so wait, if they just took it off Netflix, how am I going to watch it? I guess, I guess illegally. I mean, I watch Grand Hotel so much that I feel like I should buy the box set. But is it a soap? No. So how many episodes are in a season? Like so many, so many. Each episode is an hour and a half. And an hour and a half. I think there's like 12 12 episodes per season. There are three seasons. 
it's so good it's so good so i've been watching a lot of that just keeping keeping my kind of you know high art uh levels levels quite high um yeah just baking stuff like that i guess um reading doing my laundry Okay, so in the words of Andy Cohen at Any Real Housewives reunion, I want to shift gears a little bit. (sighs) He's got some great phrases that I will steal throughout this series. Okay. Uh, Okay, so I probably will, honestly. Um, Yeah, because everyone's going to be listening to the podcast. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm going to hear from Andy Cohen. You're going to be inundated. Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of uh, my idea of like a lightning round, but you also don't have to answer it like in any way fast. Um, okay, so what is your idea of crack? Like your ideal night out? Ooh, oh, my ideal night out. Yeah, or or just your idea of crack. It could be a night out, it could be a night in, you know. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I feel like you have a few. I mean, I do love nights out. Um but I think you can you can have so much crack like I one one pastime I love is like watching like a bad movie with my friends and just like ripping it to shreds or like laughing at it. I do I really, really love that. I feel like that's a really fun example of, of crack. And you can kind of do that with Grand Hotel as well, where you're kinda of half incredibly invested. And then half, like, oh, that's actually really stupid and funny, and like that makes no sense. Um, so it's the perfect, it's it's the perfect thing that it draws you in and it's exciting, um, and and well well told, I'd say the storytelling. Um, but to have that kind of moment of ha ha ha, that's so stupid. I just love that. Maybe it just gives me a sense of superiority. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it probably does. I think that's probably at the heart of it. Um, but I don't care because uh, it's so much fun. And especially when, like, you're with a group of friends and you're all picking up on different things and you're all just, like, trying to make each other laugh and it's, like, a competition to who can, like, make the funniest joke. It can be stressful, but also... <laughs> I, I go home very tired, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, fun fun is exhausting. What's the so last... I, like... I mean, you probably haven't done that in a while, have you? I don't know, or have you done it over Zoom or anything with people? We've tried to do it over Zoom, yeah. Um, it it doesn't work as, as well, because, yeah, my... I don't know, I'm not so good with technology and the, my internet is bad, and I don't know, I can't, I can't really... I'm just, yeah, I can't get into the zone as much. But mm-hmm. um, I do know firsthand. I mean, your internet's <laughs> great right now, but for every Zoom quiz... <laughs> yeah. What um what did I watch over Christmas that was really fun? Oh yeah, we watched um It's Complicated with Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yeah, but I I, I love it. Is that bad? <laughs> but, no, no, no. But I mean that's 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 the perfect mix because we probably loved it more than we like derided it. But there were I guess when you're in that kind of Christmassy state you're kind of like hung over, you're a bit drunk or you're full of food and mm-hmm. things just like seem funny, even if they're not really funny. Does that make sense? You're yeah. kind of just in this kind of haze and I'm just like, ah. I really, I really enjoy that feeling of like watching a movie and just kind of free associating and just like getting into this hazy, giggly, fun kind of feeling. Yeah. 
I feel like what you're describing is sometimes how I feel when I watch Sex in the City. Like mm-hmm. it's almost so dated that it's like it's just mm-hmm. like a, an antique like piece of art. Yeah, it's also great. It's so good. But then yeah. every once in a while, like in season one, uh, Carrie compares being single to the troubles in Northern Ireland. Like, <laughs> can you remember the quote, or can you remember? She says something like, "And that's, that's amazing." And I realized the war on single people isn't that different from the war in Northern Ireland. We're on the same side. <gasps> We're just fighting for different things, or something like. Oh my I god! That was like exactly it, but I know it's not. As I sifted through the rubble of my marriage skirmish, I had a thought: maybe the fight between marrieds and singles is like the war in Northern Ireland. We're all basically the same, but somehow we wound up on different sides. Sure, it'd be great to have that one special person to walk home with. But sometimes there's nothing better than meeting your single girlfriends for a night at the movies. And I, oh my my jaw dropped, and I was just like, "How?" It like is these. It occurred to me. It was just like the UVF. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. Oh, it's bad. But it's so good, you know. And I oh, think it's, that it's, City great, Life, yeah. it's yeah, it's still a great show. I mean, a classic example. Sorry to interrupt, but a classic example of what I'm talking about is Emily in Paris, which is written by Darren Starr, right? Yeah. Who wrote Sex in the City, and that's a perfect example of like, yeah, myself, my girlfriend, we couldn't stop watching it. Like it was all we could think about for that week of our lives, but it was nonstop like derision and laughing and. I don't know. It was just this kind of crazy chemical, um, yeah, experiment that just worked perfectly. Did you? But did 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 you end up watching it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it because of you guys, and then I ended up ordering a leather beret. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got too sucked in. I was like, um, so yeah. I'm me, and uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh, like it's I. I completely agree. Um, I mean, I'm getting excited just thinking about it or just thinking about that experience of like laughing, laughing at it with friends. Okay. Um, so is that yeah, your idea? Laughing at it. Is that your I idea? I think it is my idea. Yeah. Like we watched Titanic <laughs> as like my, my, my flatmates, my girlfriend. And uh, yeah, even that, like we're not, we're not laughing at it because it's a great movie, but we're enjoying it and we're sharing in the enjoyment of it together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's that's probably my idea of good crack yeah okay i love that that's a great answer okay a habit you can't crack i have so many i have so many bad habits um i twizzle my hair yeah i don't have the i don't have the tricker i don't have the hair pulling thing but it's probably connected to that as like an anxiety discharge but I twizzle my hair and I twizzle them into knots and then I untwizzle the knots and I can't stop. I, I did it. I did it as a kid. I guess that was the, do you know what I'm talking about? The tricker, trichophilia, something like that. I actually, um, yeah. You often have like a kind of antenna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's to connect me to the higher plane. <laughs> as a kid, as a kid, I used to do it. And I had it for like a year. I had it like a little tonsure, like a little monk. Uh, bald patch um oh. so it it i i think i figured out a system where i can twizzle without ripping my hair out so that's that's good 
that's, but that's, that's that's like it's like sucking your thumb or yeah some kind of comforting anxiety discharge yeah it's not like that harmful especially if you're not losing your hair now that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. um that's a bad habit okay is there any other habits you can crack jack well i don't know if this is um if this is a habit that i have but i know a lot of people have it is of of having too much stuff and uh, having like a cluttered life and buying stuff that you don't necessarily need. And I'm only bringing this up because my wonderful sister, Emma Gleason, has written a wonderful book called Stuff Happens, published by Penguin Ireland, no less. And you can pre-order it now. So get on your clickety-clack, get on your smart bob, get on your Android headphones and uh, pre-order Emma's wonderful um, wonderful book because it'll help you save money and it'll help the environment and it'll help your brain and it'll just make you feel way way more chill you know she's not like a purist she doesn't have this purist ideology about uh, you know you have to live in like a white room with just a glass of water and a toothbrush um, <laughs> she, she, she loves she loves material objects as well but I think a lot of people um, would find a lot of nuggets of wisdom in the book and it will help them manage their life and just manage stress. Okay, the first time you cracked on with someone. So you know that phrase, like, to crack on. Like, as in... Is it, is it to snog or what is it? Yeah, so I guess it's like a British thing, but mm. I know it from Love Island, so I guess you don't watch Love Island because you would know. Cracking mm. on means, like... I mean, we would say like scoring or snogging or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Shifting, meeting. So your first, um, your first kiss, basically. My first kiss. <laughs> it was at a school disco, um, in a tennis club, I think, and, um, I cannot remember her name. The kiss lasted for about three seconds. But it was a full. There were there were tongues. There were tongues, and obviously, I I mean, I was. I'm not exactly a, a giant of a man right now, but I was very, very, very small for for many years. I was like the smallest kid in my school, even in like sixth year. Um, so yeah, she was a lot taller and kind of had to bend down. But I remember she, uh, yeah, she also like took out her chewing gum and like put it behind her ear. No, um, was she saving it for like? I thought, I thought that was really cool. I was like, whoa, that's like a really experienced move. She is an older hot babe. Yeah, she's been around the block. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then I didn't kiss anybody for about like 19 years then after that. But at least, at least I had, uh, I mean, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> 19, but it was 19. 19 it was like literally 19 years. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, and that kind of frustrated me that like I, I wasn't, I wasn't cracking on with anybody really as a teenager. Um, but at least I had that under my belt. Because it would have been really right. stressful for me um, having not kissed anybody, even if it lasted for three seconds. Okay, let me keep going. So someone or something that always cracks you up? Um, well, other than you, Mairead Doyle. Yeah, uh, don't be so obvious, Jack. That's what everyone's going to say. Very, 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 very
I guess a boring a boring answer is like the Simpsons. Um, that's where I think it's I think it's I mean I, I obviously I think that objectively it's very funny, but if I were to take a, a calmer opinion, it would be that yeah I just grew up with the Simpsons like a lot of people did, and it for, it formed my my sense of sense of humor a lot. So. Uh, I think I'm really funny, but that's only because that I think the Simpsons are really funny. Does that make sense? So they, they always they always crack me up, all their all their shenanigans, and my my girlfriend Roisin makes me laugh a lot. She's very funny. Um, she is very funny. She is very funny. Uh, your boyfriend, your fiance, sorry, <laughs> um, your fiance. Uh, cracks me up a lot. Well, now you're just going to have to name our dogs as well because you can't leave anyone out, Jack. Well, your dogs don't make me crack up. Oh, wow. Okay. I feel like your dogs are quite serious. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me keep going. Okay, okay. A time you cracked under pressure. Um, again, I feel like I do that all the time. <laughs> I feel like you, from being out with you a lot, people do, like, ask you for photos and stuff. Like, I don't know. I mm. feel like that's kind of cracking under pressure. Like, uh, like I don't know. Is there a part of you that ever wants to be like, no, like I'm having dinner? <laughs> well, the thing is, actually, is that it's way easier to say yes than to say no. Because okay. it actually takes the same amount of time to say yes than to say no because if you say no you have to explain yourself and you have to apologize and you say i'm really sorry whereas if you say yes you just say yes just take the photo really quickly and then you get on mm-hmm. uh, okay gone with it. um but cracked under pressure i think i crack under pressure on like a minute to minute basis <laughs> i feel like i'm quite a, a frat of my state of mind is quite fragile um, maybe that's the title of your book just crack yeah under pressure <laughs> yeah wow but then I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be able to 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 write the book because the the pressure would get to me. Have you ever cracked a bone, i.e., broken a bone? No, but I did slice the top of my middle finger off in a door when I was about eleven. When I was cheating in a in a card game with my cousins, and uh, I stormed out, cracked cracked under pressure potentially, and I kind of slammed the door and I chopped the top of it off. So I had to. <gasps> this was in like the west. The west of Kerry and Balance Gullies and uh Wait, why did you why did you storm off? Because I think they were calling me out for cheating and I got upset. <laughs> it's completely unfair of them to call me out for cheating. Um so then my cousin had to take the little bit of flesh that had been chopped off that was still wedged in the door frame mm-hmm. and put it into like ice and then my parents drove me to Cork Hospital, which is like ages away from West Kerry Wait, and they you... started back on oh my god but I thought you're not supposed to put it in ice I thought that was like a myth yeah I well the, the 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 surgeon or the doctor at the hospital was like you should put it in milk or like cold milk or iced milk or something I oh can't my remember god. Oh, there you no. go people put if you yeah. ever lose a finger put it in milk something about like the proteins or the minerals in, in the milk um, but it's still numb the top of my finger is still numb so that's a, that's a pretty big. Sorry, can we stop the? Can we stop the? the, 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 the 
Okay. I also sliced my leg open on a on an exercise bike in school. I had to get like eighteen stitches. That was okay. Do you know what's funny is I don't know why I've included that question because like those are the kind of stories that like I would try to avoid in a conversation because it's just like it freaks me out the yeah. idea of someone like slicing their finger open. Mm. Yeah. But thank you That's for sharing. Drama. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um Okay, do you want to add anything, any more times you you cracked on? Do you think there's anything that you've missed out? No, other than I think, um, other than I think that uh, you, your, your, your view of the world, I think, uh, is, is a very, or it's, it's helped me in the past in the sense of not letting, yeah, your current circumstances drag you down and kind of, even if, even if you feel like you're drowning or even if you feel like um, things couldn't get any worse, you still always uh, have your eyes on something positive or something beautiful or something hopeful in the future. Um, and yeah, I think there's a certain amount of like delusional optimism that can be helpful in life. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like not so much that it like inhibits your, you know, not so much that you kind of lose contact with reality, but uh, yeah. Other than I, 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 I appreciate how, what you've taught me or what, what I've learned from you in terms of um, no matter how, how much you're, you've been pushed down that there's always a silver lining or there's always something to um, be hopeful for. That makes me so happy. That's actually how I feel right now as well in terms of the world. I feel like there is something positive about being at rock bottom, you know? <laughs> mm. It can yeah. only get better from here, you know? Like we're at the worst okay. time collectively so i mean yeah a friend of mine brought up the possibility that we're not at rock bottom which is who is that friend and why why do they do this to me <laughs> no i want to think yeah we're on the filthy slimy muddy moss floor of a well <laughs> i'm looking at your expression Twitter. <laughs> So, That's when I think of someone being at rock bottom. I think of them being at the bottom of a well. That's all kind of slimy and mossy, and you have to kind of climb your way out. Oh, because I was thinking that someone. I think that someone's maybe on the way to like come and get us out. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. Or we can, we can, we can kind of maybe fashion um, some kind of climbing tool out of shards of rock. I don't know, maybe like we can climb halfway, like the person can like help us like the other half of the way. Yeah, well, we have to, we have to be self-determined as well. You know, we can't, we can't just ask, ask a savior to come and save us. That's true. That is, yeah. that's true, Jack. Okay. I want to, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. You have been an absolute joy. Um, Jack Gleason, you're a superstar and. You're a dreamboat, you're a dreamboat, Doyler. You've got a rudder and a mast and a sail, and you're 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 sailing all the way to the horizon. And we love you. You're the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, brother. 
thank you so much for listening to Crack On. If you enjoyed episode one, I would politely encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and share it on Twitter, Instagram, even Bebo if you feel like it. Honestly, even if you didn't enjoy the podcast, share it anyway. Gift it to someone you love. Maybe they'll enjoy it. Go ahead and give it five stars on the podcast app and stay tuned for more exciting guests coming up on season one of Crack On. Crack On.